Hello to all you Foxborough faithful, and welcome to your Victory Friday episode of Locked On Patriots, your daily home for news, notes, analysis, and the occasional opinion on your six-time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. This episode is brought to you in part by Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you to get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. I'm Mike DeBate, and I am your host of Locked On Patriots, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C, and be sure to follow Locked On Patriots on Twitter as well at L-O underscore Patriots. Folks, games between the New England Patriots and the New York Giants are never easy. However, they sure are interesting. And to help me close out the week here on Locked On Patriots is my good friend and colleague. And, you know, some have suggested that we are so like-minded that there may be some shared brain cells between us, but I'll let you be the judge of that. My main man, Ian Glendon of FullPressCoverage.com is here, and it is super. We'll have lots to talk about, huh? Good. Uh-huh. And for those of you that got that reference, I hope I inspire you to watch National Lampoon's Animal House this weekend. Perfect movie to watch. No Pats football. Holiday weekend. Senator John Blutowski, played by the late, great John Belushi. Can't beat it. But first, folks, we will start with the news of the day. And bolstered by another strong showing from their defense and special teams units, your New England Patriots, your defending Super Bowl champions, Improved to a record of 6-0 and with a 35-14 to victory over the New York Giants at Gillette Stadium on Thursday. Now, despite some early struggles on offense, Tom Brady wasn't as bad as some people out there want you to believe. True, he didn't throw for a touchdown, but he instead scored a pair of rushing touchdowns. This is a pretty cool statistic, folks. Brady becomes the oldest player in NFL history to have scored multiple rushing touchdowns in a game. The last time Tom had two rushing touchdowns in one game was back in 2011. And Thursday night's game also marked the third time in Brady's career that he had two rushing touchdowns in one game. So I guess you can call Brady a rushing machine now, folks. Well, okay, maybe not. But (laughs) he did finish with 31 for 41 for 334 yards. Julian Edelman had his second straight 100-yard receiving game, catching nine passes for 113 yards. So impressive considering the pain he's in. Tough, reliable is employee number 11 out there. And, of course, Sony Michelle carried the ball 22 times for 86 yards. And while the offense did turn some sputters into a serviceable effort, the New England defense folks, well, they continue to show their prowess. They forced four turnovers, including a fumble return for a touchdown. Patriots special teams unit even got in on the act, returned a block punt for a quick six points. Cornerback Stephon Gilmore on defense, though, deserves a well-deserved shout-out in this contest. He earned five passes defended, three tackles, one interception. And ultimately, folks, a win is a win. And the Pats head into a 10-day break now in the action at 6-0. It's the first time they've done so since 2015. But at this point, why is there so much shade being thrown at the Patriots today after turning in another dominant performance on defense? Solid special teams effort, and the offense really wasn't as abysmal as it appeared. So again, why? Well, I think you know the answer to that. And in just a moment, Ian will join me, and he will give his take on that very question. We'll break down last night's game. We might even look ahead to some potential new additions on this roster, or maybe even a familiar face or two. I think you know who I'm referring to, but I'm going to let Ian have the thunder on that one. So hang tight, folks. This will be fun. But first, I have a question for you. Yes, you, listening out there. Do your weekend plans involve watching football? 
What a ridiculous question, right? Of course they do. Even though the Pats aren't in action this weekend, you'll still be on that couch watching some football. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives. Running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL. And there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. My bookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget... Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And MyBookie.ag is the best in the business. Wouldn't be telling you to guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all of your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's promo code Locked On. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid with mybookie. If it's the NFL season, the hot take sharks, and yes, for those of you scoring at home, that's hot takes with a Z. But in any case, when they're circling the waters up in New England. You don't call Chief Brody. You call my guest today to lend a bit of continuity to the confusion. You know him as one of the best and key frontline soldiers in the crusade against Brady derangement syndrome. He is the editor-in-chief of Full Press Coverage, the managing editor of Full Press NHL, and the host of numerous shows on Full Press Radio. He's my great friend. Ian Glendon joins us today. Ian, enough said. Hello. Hello. La, la, la. Oh, man, it's great to be here, buddy. That absolutely is. It is always a pleasure for uh, to join the microphone with you and share it. Um, I couldn't think of a better person to close out the week with on Locked On Patriots and discuss a lot of what's going on in Foxborough. And, buddy, we're going to get to the hot takes machine in a second because I know you're dying to kind of give your opinion and your take on what's going on and why the Patriots are having so much shade thrown at them. But first... I want to just discuss a little bit about last night's game. And I came away with three main takeaways from this game. One, Stephon Gilmore is great at football. Mm-hmm. He has really emerged as, I think, such a shutdown corner. In my opinion, head and shoulders above everyone else in the league. And I know I'll probably anger some other fan bases when I'm saying that, but we're locked on Patriots here. This is what mm-hmm. we do, and I think we got the best in the business doing what he does at the cornerback position. The second was... Julian Edelman has got to be one of the most reliable players I've ever seen. Every time the guy catches a pass, you see him clutch his chest. You see him grimace. He was playing in a lot of pain last night. Still had 113 yards receiving. And every time Brady needed a big play, it was Jules that was there to get it. And lastly, and certainly not least, this defense, man. I mean, they can absolutely win you the game. We've seen them do it time and time again this season already. I think we're going to continue to see that. Collins, man, Noy, so much, just so much great things to appreciate on this defense. What were some of the takeaways that you had last night as you were watching the Pats and the Giants? Well, you know, you kind of hit on a lot of them, and, and, you know, obviously I think we both agree, and we've been saying for a while that we think Stephon Gilmore is just he's just a fantastic player. And, and last night, I think finally on a, you know, like the Super Bowl is not a national stage, but um, at least again, once again on a national stage, he just was, was fantastic. I mean, he was there, – there was no getting a ball past him. It was, it was incredible to watch. Um, 
I do want to throw out there that uh, every week that goes by, I, I still think Jamie Collins is strengthening his case to be a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year because um, there, there's not a night that goes by that I watch this Patriots team and not see him make some huge impactful play. And um, so that that was part of my biggest takeaway. And and look, you know, the offense is, is um, it's still really good, and uh, it, it's certainly a, a work in progress because we saw yesterday how much it struggled at times um, dealing with some of the injuries they had. I mean, they, they were, they looked a lot more like the 2008 Patriots roster in terms of uh, skill position players by the end of the game than it was the start of the 2019 season. So um, with that said, they still put up 21 points and as a team, they beat this team by 21 points by score 35 to 14. So um, I, I look at this as on a whole, this is, this is a team that's really good that has a lot of teachable moments. And then I think that's, that's perfect for Bill Belichick because that's, that's exactly what they need to get to a season like this. Completely agreed. And heading into like I, what I like to call a mini bye week. And I know technically folks, it's not a mini bye week, but it feels like it. The Patriots mm-hmm. are going to go two Sundays now before we see them play again on October 21st, Monday night against the New York Jets. But this is an opportunity for the Patriots to get healthy first off. And they definitely need that. I mean, you take a look at the list of the walking wounded last night. Uh, first of all, they were without Philip Dorsett. They were without Rex Burkhead. Um, you mentioned that earlier that this team did have limited options on offense, and they certainly did. Then you take a look at Josh Gordon going down, and that was a very scary moment. Uh, yes. He looked like he was bent over backwards at one point. Um, and uh, Jeff Howe of uh, The Athletic really had an amusing tweet last night. I'm sure you saw it about him basically doing the longest Peloton commercial. And here yeah. I'm locked on. Peloton is a key sponsor of ours. So we <laughs> liked that. We appreciated that. Um, I retweeted it. But uh, in any case, it really was. He was out there. He was definitely he was getting uh, attention from the trainers on the sideline, stretching out his leg, definitely keeping a sharp eye on Gordon this week uh, to see if that injury ends up being as serious as some have speculated. Hopefully it won't be. Uh, I heard some speculation last night that it might be a high ankle sprain, Um, but uh, the fact that he was able to utilize the bike as he was keeping the muscle, um, you know, mobile, I think is a good sign, but Patrick Chung came out of the game last night with mm-hmm. a chest injury. J.C. Jackson went down with a knee injury. Dante Hightower came out of the game again with a shoulder injury, and this could be a concern. The Patriots definitely need him in the defense. Uh, he has been the uh, director of things back there, and hopefully this opportunity now with a few days off will give him uh, a chance to do so as well. But Overall, I think you're absolutely right when you say that this is a teaching moment. And the offense definitely did, you know, struggle at times last night. No one's going to sugarcoat that. But overall, when you take a look at who Brady was throwing to, Gunnar Rashelski, Jacoby Myers, they're both undrafted free agents. Julian Edelman is not 100%. He's playing at a high level, mm-hmm. but he's not 100%. So the Patriots are looking to get back um, – you know, Dorsett, obviously, hopefully for uh, the Monday Nighter against the Jets. That's going to lead me into my next question. And I know we said we were going to talk about the hot takes machine, but I'm going to switch gears a little here first. The Patriots do have some time off coming up, and we've heard tons of speculation about what they might do to bolster this roster, bring in some new faces, perhaps even add a receiving threat or so. 
wide receiver is the common position, but they do have Benjamin Watson out there right now that he currently is not employed, knows the Patriot system. You might see him come back. Matt Lacoste was another name that went down last night with an injury. Who do you have your eyes on? And I'm not going to steal your thunder, but I am going to ask you your best option at a pass-catching threat. And I think we all know what this is going, but I'm going to let you have this one. Uh, who do you see the Patriots targeting, and uh, who might we see in Foxborough the next time the Patriots take the field uh, to take on the New York Jets? Which I know technically yeah. is in. Yeah, I, I know it's in the Meadowlands, but still, you know, we're we're going off of their next in-game action. Well, look, I I think I have two answers to this question because one, um, their best option was already on this team for a week, and that I'm obviously talking about Antonio Brown and you know I I was of the belief and feeling that uh they should have gone after him when he was made available and and I still feel that way and I don't think they ever should have cut him um I I thought it was a knee-jerk reaction to uh outside pressure and and by outside pressure I mean uh, media fans what have you I I just think it was a knee-jerk reaction and you shouldn't have cut him with that said do I think he's going to be back um it's so hard to put a, 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 any sort of confidence in, in that just because of obviously uh, some of the things that happened when he left. Although again, I, I get, okay, let me, let me lay it out this way. So I'm, I'm very clear. Um, I'm of the belief that, you know, he, he's certainly gotten the short end of the stick when it comes to due process. And I, I think there was enough from both parties uh, involved with, you know, these civil lawsuits that warranted uh, an opportunity to have it, have the process play out. And I think the Patriots agreed because they didn't cut him the second, uh, you know, they found out about these allegations and he clearly played a game. You know, I, I think we can all assume that the, the last straw was the quote unquote threatening text messages. Um, and you, you can argue the degree of threat and, and whether or not it was, uh, Look, he, he shouldn't have done it. Let's be clear. It was a dumb move. And, you know, at the end of the day, if he's the worst thing about him is he's an immature, uh, you know, a-hole, I can live with that. And, um, again, I, uh, anyone who sits there and says, how can you have this guy on your team? I ask him this. What if he's innocent? You know, what at, you know, if at the end of the day, all these allegations were, you know, false. And, and we've seen it in the past. And I'm not sitting here advocating for, uh, you know, the accuser to be brought down. I'm just advocating for the chance for the whole entire process to be heard and for the case to be heard. Because, again, there's there's enough conflicting uh, uh, quotes and, and evidence, quote unquote, on both sides. So, again, it, it warrants the process playing out. With that said, um, that's why I don't think they should have ever gotten rid of him. Would I like them to re-sign him? Absolutely, because not only, again, I, I, I do I think it's realistic? Probably not. I mean, let's face it, it's probably not that realistic and more of a pipe dream. But um, not only uh, would he obviously want to come back by some of the things that he's posted over the last couple of days, he clearly is like, hey, you know, give me a chance. And, you know, whether or not the Patriots do it, we'll find out. But he's a perfect fit for this offense. Is he going to solve the offensive problems? No, because I think they go deeper than just adding a playmaking uh, receiver. Um, I think, you know, you have to start at the offensive line. And no matter who you add or who you don't add, it, it, it's not going to matter if you don't have a more consistent line play. Um, but 
the, the idea of not having that talent on this team, especially in situations where now you see, like you said, Philip Dorsett's banged up. We really don't know what's going to happen with Josh Gordon. Julian Edelman's still recovering from the rib injury. Uh, you know, one tight end on the roster. Uh, they were forced, uh, Belichick admitted yesterday or uh, last night, that they were forced into a singular personnel package for the entire second half because they had no one else, <laughs> you know? So it, it just, to me, it seems like it was, it was a knee jerk reaction. And, and now I think people are realizing, Oh, wow. He, he'd be a really good asset on this team right now. And, um, you know, again, I think I went, I rambled on a little bit there, but at the same time, I just, I feel like the opportunity to ha- to add someone of his talent, um, you don't get that opportunity that often. And anyone you try to replace with, not only are you going to have to give up assets, um, they're just not going to be as good. And, you know, I love Emmanuel Sanders. I love A.J. Green in his prime, you know, without being injured all the time. Stephon Diggs is a great player. They're not Antonio Brown. And, um, you know, it's it's unfortunate if, uh, you know, that's that's how it ultimately plays out where he plays one game with the Patriots, but. Yeah, no, first of all, I don't think you rambled at all. I think that uh, you made a lot of good points. Uh, the one point that I would counter that with is to say that, yes, uh, there is a situation where the investigation does have to play out, and technically everybody should be innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, and I completely agree with that. The issue that Antonio Brown is having right now is there seems to be reports that he's not cooperating with the NFL investigation maybe as much as he should he's kind of shying away from that at this point that could help his case that's a big part of this as well folks one thing that you want to keep in mind is if the Patriots did decide that all would be forgiven let's say Robert Kraft comes in and says you know what okay we all say things we don't mean I'm not going to hold it against you for the comment that was made about the spa we all know it we don't have he what he was he wasn't wrong yeah let, yeah, I mean, look, exactly. I love Robert Kraft, but at the end of the day, he, Antonio Brown, for what you think of him, he, yep. he wasn't wrong. So I just want to. You know, that's, that's, and that's a fair point, and I'm definitely not arguing with that point at all. What I'm trying to say, though, in counteraction to that is even if he did come in and say all is forgiven, and he did tell him that, you know, that's not something that uh, that we tolerate going forward, but I'll understand it and I'll let it go. There's also the looming specter of the fact that the NFL could place him on the exempt list. If that happens, all now you're left with is a media firestorm, and Antonio Brown is still sitting at home and not able to help you on the field. So that I agree with you on. I, that's why I think it's probably not as realistic as it should be. But look, on the field, no one is denying this guy could definitely make an impact. And again, one another point that I want to agree with you on is the fact that I think the offensive woes go a little bit deeper than just a playmaking wide receiver. The offensive line has looked porous. Uh, granted, there's a lot of uh, injury that they've had to go through. Marshall Newhouse is not Isaiah Wynn. Marcus Cannon has not been as effective as he once was. They're missing David Andrews in center. And Teddy Karras, I thought, has done a great job, but he's not David Andrews. And these guys really need to shore up. That offensive line needs to come together as a unit. Scar's definitely going to be working them pretty hard this week, and I look for them to come out really, really with a, a better game plan, I think, offensively, especially from the line play going forward this week uh, coming up against the Jets. But you did make some good points as well on Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, uh, A.J. Green. These are guys that they might target. We've heard those names bandied about. I would not be shocked to see Benjamin Watson come back for a second tour of duty this time around. I still think there's a little bit left in the tank. 
I don't know if it was necessarily a numbers game or if Belichick just thought he could save the $2 million in cap space and get the same production. But if Matt Lacoste is going to continue to be injured, they can't go with one tight end. You know, even though Ryan Izzo has had some nice receptions, uh, he has not been the answer at tight end. They do need another guy to come in and to be able to play that position. So he might be an option. Patriots might look to trade a wide receiver, but I think the next time that this team takes the field on the 21st, they're going to have someone else that we haven't seen before on this roster, or maybe we have, who knows, <laughs> that you cannot say anything and everything can happen in Foxborough. So I do think there will be another option. Let's put it this way. I think there will be another option catching passes from Tom Brady that we did not see last night against the New York Giants. No, I, Again. And, I, and I can't. Oh, sorry, I I, oh, no, no, say, I can't disagree with you. And and look, I wouldn't be dis- disappointed if they go out and got a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. Um, personally, I don't want anything to do with AJ Green because I feel like a they're going to have to pay way too much for him, and b it's just he just his cannot stay healthy. Yeah, and I would just every time he's on the field, I'd be waiting for him to you know, be bent over feeling the top of his foot. So, and, and at that point, as soon as that happens, you know, it, it, that's it. He's not going to, you know, be counted on to give consistent production. And and look, at the end of the day, if if what they currently have now is healthy, if Dorsett's fine and, you know, Gordon ends up playing well, right. I think they can do just fine with the receiving core they have. It's just they need to get that offensive line consistency back. And and this, yeah. isn't, a, this isn't a knock on, on, on Newhouse. I mean, he's just not um, – He's not a he's a depth guy, you know. He's not meant to be a, a, a every down, uh, you know, guarding of, of Brady's blind side. I mean, he just can't keep up with a lot of these. I mean, he plays well at times, but you know, and then there's other moments where you know he just makes the wrong read, and you you just let a free rusher come in on Tom Brady, right. and we've seen it a few times, and and it's led to uh, some bad plays by the offense. So you know, again, I I I agree with you. I think there is going to be someone else. Uh, in the mix, whether it's Ben Watson, um, you know, again, I put I put the Antonio Brown percentage very low. Although, it, part of me thinks that that Tom Brady was one of the people that didn't want to see him go, and 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 to a lesser extent, I think Bill Belichick was also someone who did not want to see him go. Maybe not as strongly as Tom Brady, but I I, I think those two are somewhat in. Antonio's Brown's corner. And I'm not, I'm not trying to suggest there's some sort of rift or schism, you know, at the top here. You know, that, that's the exact opposite. People disagree. I mean, that, that's just how it is. It doesn't mean, you know, it's the end of the world. Um, I just think that these two just happen to kind of wish that Antonio Brown was there. So to me, that, that keeps the very slim chance open, you know, you know, just a smidge, you know, a very small smidge. And again, this may be jaded by my feelings on the whole situation, but um, again, like I said, it, it's just, to me, it's peculiar, uh, it, it's peculiar. <laughs> it's one of those <laughs> words I always screw up when I try to, try to say, but it's one of those. Sorry, right. Sorry yeah, it sounded yeah, up. Yeah, you know, it, <laughs> let's really break it down here. Every syllable. Um, no, it's just one of those situations where like, you know, you see, you see Brady and, and Antonio Brown <clears throat> interacting still, you know, to the, lowest uh you know form in terms of liking each other's stuff on social media but you know it's 2019 that stuff kind of matters now so you you can read into it whatever you want but you know it to me it keeps the very slim chance uh you know open and you know again the injuries play a role I mean what happened last night changes things a little bit because you know I think Dorsett's going to be back 
on the 21st. I think they held him out because it was a short week this week. Yeah, it's looking likely. Yeah, that's that's a smart play. You don't want to push it. There's no need. Um, We're we're still obviously trying to figure out what's going to happen with Josh Gordon because, again, that's something I saw instantly when the play was happening live. I just – I saw him reach down to the – you know, the side of his knee. And I was like, Oh no, I thought he got tangled up or whatever. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But um, yeah, it'll look different on the 21st and and maybe by then people will have uh, climbed up back on top of the bridge. (laughs) Yeah. My favorite favorite analogy is perched on the end of the Tobin. And uh, no, I think you, you absolutely hit the nail right on the head, which is another one of my favorite analogies, but, uh, or another one of my favorite phrases, I guess a better way to put it. Um, the injuries definitely did change things. When Bill Belichick stepped to the podium last night and admitted that the injuries definitely greatly uh, changed their game plan and did not allow them to employ some of the looks that they wanted to employ, it's an eye-opener. You usually don't hear Bill Belichick get that candid. It's usually, well, we just do what we have to do, next man up, that's it. To hear him say, I absolutely affected it. We couldn't employ a lot of the things that we wanted to do. That's an eye-opener. So keep a sharp eye, folks. It'll definitely be interesting to see what happens in Foxborough over the next 10 days, who might be brought in, and what changes we might see made. But I agree with you. If they do have to go with status quo, assuming everyone's healthy, I think they have enough here, and I think this offense is a little bit better than people think. And that leads me into my final question, and quickly here, my friend. We teased about the hot takes machine, and you're one of the best at being able to shut down a a lot of the, the negativity and the absurdity, I guess is the best way to put it out there. My question to you is, do you think these guys really believe half the stuff that they put out there, or is this just to get a rise out of Patriots fans? And I hate to say it, but it works. I think it's the latter rather than the former, but... I'll let you handle this one, my friend. Take it I, home. I, I think it's mostly the latter, but and then then I pause with guys like Nick Wright and, and you know I'm, I'm naming names right now. You know, <laughs> unfortunately, my my uh, ability to go to Hoff Sings is not in question here, but I am naming names right now. But look, I, I feel like Nick Wright can be a very smart guy. He seems like he he he's well spoken and thought out. But I feel like this this bias, pro Kansas City, anti New England bias, has completely um, taken over his thoughts on the process. Because I mean, look, you know, when you come out and and claim, you know, use the narrative, okay, the the three quarterbacks that were in the 2016 Patriots locker room, of those three, Tom Brady's playing the worst. When it's just uh, and on, on every metric, whether it's eye test or, or statistical, is just flat out wrong. And and like then you go to Twitter and you go on your show and you and you use that as as reasonings for why this guy doesn't look right. You know it, it's it's foolish because I understand what they're doing because look we're talking about it. I get a reaction. People get a reaction for these crazy nonsense things. But you know it's at one point do you just sit back and be like why why am I spouting this? nonsense like I want uh, you know I'm going to read this the stat line to you right now um 131 of 198 completions 66 completion percentage 1362 yards 11 touchdowns four interceptions a 96 rating a 6.88 yards per attempt and uh 11 touchdowns four interceptions I already said that sounds Mm -hmm. how, how does that sound to you that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah, and, and technically that is worse than Brady's start right now. That is actually Brady from 2010. Yep. That is his first six games of 2010 compared to this year where, you know, you're talking about an offense who Tom Brady has thrown more yards 
one fewer touchdown, one fewer interception, a higher rating. His completion percentage is higher. His yards per attempt is higher. And all of a sudden, this is the year that Tom Brady all of a sudden sucks. So, again, you know, you can and, – and to remind folks, in 2010, Tom Brady was the unanimous MVP, the only unanimous MVP in league history. And the team went on to win 14 games. I mean, we're not going to talk about how that season ended. That was, you know – <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not a fond memory, but the point still stands. I mean, this this uh, you know day by day reaction and and clouded judgment of how this team and this quarterback in particular play is just it's gotten to a point where it's just it's so over the top. Where like you have guys that you know again like Nick Wright. I mean, the second Brady threw that interception last night, you knew you knew what his narrative was. It does. It didn't matter what happened afterwards. It didn't matter how well he played afterwards. It, it's all about that interception, and he's you know, obviously in a decline, you know, again, I'm using my air quotes here. And, um, you know, it's just, it's silly at this point because, I mean, how can you take anything, you know, how can you take what they say seriously in any subject when you actually dive into and, and, and look at what their arguments are? And unfortunately, I think the, the hate for the Patriots outweighs any sort of logical thinking. So they're always going to have an audience and a bunch of people that agree with them. So, you know, the beat goes on and, uh, you know, Everything stays the same because at the end of the day, the Patriots are still fav- favorite to go to the Super Bowl. They're still the best team in the NFL, and you know nothing's going to change this week. Uh, to, to you know nothing's going to happen this week to change that. Absolutely, and I completely agree. And again, to use another analogy that I love to use, whenever you're on the show, I always love to bring out all my <laughs> old analogies. But uh, it's drinking the sand, and folks, mm-hmm. basically, Nick Wright is like a mirage that provides a fake oasis to people that just want to believe the worst about the Patriots. Whether it's substance, whether it's fluff, it doesn't tend to matter. Uh, um, the drinking the sand is essentially like people thinking that it's water and they're going to drink it no matter what because it's what they want to consume and they don't know the difference because they don't want to know the difference. So, again, I completely agree with you on that. And uh, if you're a Patriots fan, definitely take a deep breath. Most of you are level-headed. You'll take a look at the way the offense is playing, the way the defense is playing, the way the special teams are playing, and you'll say, yes, is it perfect? No, absolutely not. But they're pretty good at this stage of the game. And Bill Belichick's teams are usually getting their stride as we're starting to head into the meaty part of this schedule. So we're going to find out what this team is made of. I think they can hold up to it. I think I speak for my friend here when I say I think he he believes that they can hold up Mm -hmm. to it as well, but we will see exactly what this team can do. Ian, I can't thank you enough for joining me today. Always, always a pleasure, and I always enjoy your takes on this and bringing a little level-headedness to the (laughs) monotony and the, the craziness that's out there. Before I let you go, my friend, and they should know, but just in case our listeners don't know where to find you on social media and where they can find your great work, please let them know. You can find it at the top of the hill, battling all the uh, all the haters and the uh, <laughs> Brady derangement uh, syndrome. Uh, no, you you can follow me on Twitter if you're not already. Already, it's uh, at iglen31, and then uh, of course you know follow the uh, the great full press coverage accounts. You know, obviously, you know I'm 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 a little biased, but everyone there obviously does great work, and and you can't go wrong. So check it out at fpc underscore nfl and. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure you've heard at, at FPC underscore Patriots before, but uh, Mike, my man, does a great job. So I got I got to plug you too. So, oh, thank you, my friend. And you provide the platform. I try to provide the best content I can, and you provide amazing direction at the top. So it's my honor to continue to be a part of that, and I, I can't ask for more. And uh, here at Locked On, we're also very 
excited about the launch of our newest sports channel covering the NHL. As you know by listening to this show, we feature local experts covering the biggest news, and now we're covering the ice with daily hockey podcasts. So check out the upcoming season preview, and if you're a New England fan, you want to get your updates on your Boston Bruins. Check out Locked On Bruins with host Ian McLaren, and find your favorite NHL team on our website at www.lockedonpodcast.com slash NHL. And as for me, I will be back on Monday to bring you the latest Patriots news, notes, and analysis. And just because the Pats don't play until the 21st doesn't mean that I will be asleep at the wheel. Like the team I cover, I take no days off, and I will be joined by some special guests as well. So stay tuned. I'm always humbled by the support I receive. I assure you it means the world to me, and I appreciate all of you that listen more than words can say. Ian, we also have something uh, of a joint venture that we'd like to bring to uh, everyone's attention before I quickly let you go. Uh, Ian and I will be back on Full Press Radio. I know you all missed us, uh, but we will be providing some content, daily content on everything and anything, pop culture, NFL, MLB, NHL, pretty much all will be covering it. So stay tuned. Keep an eye on Twitter for the two of us. You'll see us tweet that out from our accounts as well, and we look forward to joining you on FBC Radio. Yeah, it's 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 exciting, and uh, you know what? This is a this show only uh, further uh, tells me that I'm excited to get this started once again because it's it's been too long since we were regularly doing shows, so it's it's going to be fun. Absolutely, and as always, please join me each and every day on the Locked On Patriots podcast. Subscribe and listen via your favorite podcast provider. Once again, I'm Mike Debate. I humbly thank Ian Glendon for his time, insight, and wisdom today. And also, please, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody, and see you again on Monday. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.